The human male never seems to progress past adolescence. To the Batmobile. Googly moogly. Let's go. Danger. Let's go. I need a horse. Just take for take care. You wouldn't like me when I'm wrong, 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 you Yeah. I can fly. The hero sex organs. Hello, darling. Welcome to the comic trope. We're in a small room, or are we test-driving mid-sized sedans? To the right of me, we have Sequoia, Encyclopedia Black, admiring the heated and cooled leather seats. Behind me is Tom with an H, utilizing the pull-down middle console with USB and cup holder. As I go to adjust my lumbar support, boom! We accidentally hit Smiling Dave, because he's not on this week's podcast, because apparently work is more important. And that banging and babbling that's coming from the trunk? Oh, well, that's Anonymous Amos, who's been gagged and drugged. The Comic Trope is a podcast about comics and the culture around it. Sequoia and Tom with an H are here to answer the age-old question. If spiders had wings, would they eat all the birds? Wait, how, how, big, are the, how big are the spiders? How big are the spiders? Yeah. I would assume like multiple different size spiders. Hmm. Not all, you know, big and little. Just like there are big and little birds. Well, I mean, you've hmm. seen those photos of those uh, camel spiders. Yeah, they're pretty big. Yeah, like uh, I think those would definitely eat some birds. Absolutely. Maybe not like a hawk or a falcon. No, but no. If we're talking like a pigeon, sure. No yeah. problem. If they gang up, like a bunch of small spiders fly up and just get one bird... I think that we would only have flying spiders. That that goes back to the how many fifth graders can you take on type question. You know exactly how, how many uh, how many spiders does it take if they physically could get to the birds? I don't know. That's that's a good question. Did you guys ever see that movie where the children become zombies and attack everyone? Cooties is that what it is? Cooties. It's yeah. got Elijah Wood in it. Yeah, yeah. I never saw it. Did it no, even come I, out? Uh, I. I think it was a limited release, but yeah, I never saw it either. I wanted to see that. As soon as I saw that children become evil and attack people, I was like, that's right up my alley. That's children, what parenting is. Yes, children are evil already. <laughs> yeah, that's my like release against my daughter whom I love. I want to watch that movie and be like, yeah, kill those kids. Ugh, I should probably cut that out. So with us today... I have Encyclopedia Black Sequoia here to drop knowledge left and right. And a new guest to the show, Tom with an H, is here. I work with the guy. He's nerdy. So I thought, hey, you should come on the show. Yeah, here I am. And here he is. I'm That's- wearing my glasses. I, uh, you know, just had pocket, some pizza. Pocket protector looks nice today. Pocket protector. It's polished. Yeah. Let's put some varnish on it. I, I was going to ask, how nerdy are you? Like, what, what are your nerdy vices? I think anyone that can make it through one of those Adam Savage tested videos where mm. he makes like a, a prop blaster or something, I, I think you, you're pretty well well seated in the nerd community. And I've, I've watched several. It's bad. You dress you dress up as Star Wars things, right? Yeah, it's time time to time. You cosplay. <laughs> time to time. I mean, do you, do you, are you into like video games or oh, okay. tabletop gaming or yeah. like collecting toys or anything like that? Well, or? we have we have a weekly game set up of uh star wars imperial assault right now oh okay and it's awesome it's it's for the the guys that i couldn't convince to play D D often mm-hmm. enough i'm wearing a D t-shirt right now of, of dinosaurs playing D. uh it's for those guys that don't want to role play that heavily all the time uh it takes all that out of the equation but you still have the the story element you still have you know a game master you have uh all your skills that you get 
And yeah, I've been a gamer since, oh my God, I don't even know when. <laughs> like, uh, I remember our first computer was, was tan, if that helps. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was, uh, was it tandy? Yeah, it was beige. <laughs> <laughs> we had a joystick was that, that was that beige color playing, uh, X-Wing Ooh. on a floppy disk. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I think yeah, I like, started with an Apple II. That was my first. I had a Commodore. Uh, I had a Commodore. See, my buddies had Commodores, and I was always so jealous because yeah. that's where all the games were. You were playing that Wolfenstein 3D, yeah, the Doom. Oh, those were the good days. The Apple II just had like really, really bad jump games, mm. lots of those. And then like um, helicopter view spaceship games that were galaxy ripoffs or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, there's um, a million of those. Yeah. Tom, you recently went to. Uh, the Oak City Comic Con. I did, yeah. I, I was supposed to go, but my daughter got sick, so I stayed to care of my daughter because I'm a hashtag grown ass man. <laughs> and because I put hashtag in front of it, it makes me younger, I think. That's why I did it. You uh, get more likes. Yes. That's what it's about. That's true. So. All about the likes. So what did you see? What did you like? I went last year. It was a good fun. So did Sequoia. We yeah. enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah, for me, uh, I'm a, I'm really into the art of comics, things like that. Uh, I, I don't really know a lot of the guys that were there. So I, I didn't go into any, any of the panels, you know, the, the storyboard panels, all that stuff. Cause it would just be over my head. Uh, and usually my reflexes are, are too fast. So nothing goes over my head. I catch it, mm, but I think, yeah. uh, <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah, but I, I just didn't want to spend the time on that. I, I went and looked at the local art. I, uh, I got this piece actually that's, um, it's big trouble in little China, but with it's always sunny in Philadelphia characters. Like Mac is Kurt Russell holding like a beer and a katana. And oh. it's, it's good. That sounds it's, fun. it's pretty so awesome. I imagine Frank would be Egg Shen. <laughs> no, I, I think that was, uh, that was Cricket. And, uh, Frank is actually in the water. Like there's, uh, the, the female from Big Trouble in Little China that no one cares about and, and some water on the regular poster. Okay. So Frank is there with Charlie. And then, uh, Dennis is actually, you know, laid out, you know, like a, like a pinup doll or something. Okay. <laughs> so it's, it's classic. I had to get it. Anyway, um, uh, back to the, the comic thing. Uh, yeah, there, there's a lot of neat little things. I, I didn't really see as many people dressed up as I thought I would for that kind of convention, but, it was raining, you know. I, mm. I don't. I don't know. A lot of people would go out when it's raining, and especially when stuff. You, you do a lot of work on your yeah. costume. And then, no offense, it's just not the biggest of the con season. Yeah. It's not. It's not one of the big players. So I can see it easily be one to skip if you're like in that scene in the cosplay community for I, sure. I, folks really go out for animazement. Yeah, right here. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I think I'd be if I was someone that worked on a costume really hard, like a new one for a con, and I was trying to enter a competition. I'd be kind of disappointed with the competition. I'd be like, what? This is, this is easy. This is too easy right now. I could have gone way, way less time to this thing. I feel like at some point somebody needs to make a movie in the vein of, uh, step up. Except for cosplay. <laughs> for cosplay. That's amazing. Yes. Oh man. Yeah. Could we get, uh, Alan Tudyk. I don't know if you guys yes, know yes. him very well, we, but we, we know he's he's making a, a show called Con Man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you, you I haven't seen, seen it, it, but I know of it. Uh, it's like just little couple minute clips, things like that, of him going to cons, doing you know signature things and little panels. 
Uh, we could just grab him and make this a spinoff. Uh, he's probably listening right now. Yeah, I bet you. Uh, <laughs> he knows to make exactly up. that. You know, he could be a judge. He could be one of the guys just chilling, watching the contest. That could be good. Uh, so There's something there. Okay, I want so, this to be like a, a movie in the vein of um, Best in Show. Except, <laughs> like a little document, yeah, mockumentary. Like, it's a mockumentary about like different people putting together cosplay outfits and they come from different parts of the world. They're doing it at San Diego Comic-Con or, or New York Comic-Con and they're trying to win. And each of them are like different genre. Like we have like a Star Wars versus a Star Trek, obviously. Right. And then you have like a Dragon Ball Z. Um, versus a Yu-Gi-Oh! Like these are the, this is what I want to see culminate here and okay. come together. Um, we can start spitballing this this script if you want. I, we don't. We probably shouldn't now. Not, not now, but but later. this is happening. <laughs> this yes. this has started something that will continue later on. We're gonna have to. I like it. Amen. Get our quill pens out and our ink pads and get the creative <laughs> juices flowing. So let's do. Wait, wait, wait. Let's do... There we go. An icebreaker. Logan was good. I don't know if you saw it. I, I still, I'm waiting for it to hit Blue Ridge. It's good. Okay. I will go with you to Blue Ridge to see it. Um, and it's R. So my question to you, both of you, is it looks like with the success of Logan and the success of Deadpool mm-hmm. that we're going to get some R-rated comic books, movies. What do you want to see, and what are you afraid you're going to see? I, I I feel like the worst case scenario, and and with that is they're going to try and force characters who aren't necessarily rated R to be to like fit in a you know a rated R film. I I don't really have a nightmare scenario like a character I just wouldn't want to see. You know, I mean, there's there are plenty of inappropriate, like unbeatable Squirrel Girl. Like that's not. <laughs> I want that doesn't it. need to be rated R. It really. But doesn't. you know what could be rated R that I really don't think should be that might is the Batman. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, it, Batman needs to be for kids as much as it is for adults. And there's like this weird line that you need to walk. Right. You want it to be as dark and badass as possible, but you don't want to see him like. Like brutally murdering people because that's not Batman, and you also don't want to see him like breaking people's legs and necks because, I mean, it's Batman. Yeah. You know, you want him. You want him to be good. Well, how about we do a double feature, like a grindhouse type situation, where the first <laughs> one is you know walking that line, the second one you just have a daycare or something set up for the next the year. We're like a like a kids <laughs> movie. Like one parent takes two kids. Yep. You know, like an, you have a, an agreement with another friend you have. Mm-hmm. If you have friends, I don't know. And, uh, <laughs> you know, all the adults stay in and they watch the second movie that's just, just Batman just destroying people, you know, just like, totally against character. Well, I feel like the character, <laughs> I would watch that, that a, a rated R movie would work for. I mean, you know, there's obviously the Punisher, um, the Daredevil. I mean, just because of the nature of the type of crime. I can see cable too. I think well, that whole, it will be. Yeah. So R's gotta, he's gotta be. And I guess the thing is, you know, what constitutes a rated R movie? Because I mean, automatically when I hear rated R, I think nudity and language, but you know, it could just be violence alone that, you know, gets it a, a rated R rating. So, I mean, it just means that you can have that much more intense of an action movie if it's rated R. It doesn't have to be a lot of cursing and yeah, just boobs for the sake of boobs. But, uh, you know, I, I'm, 
I, like I said, I don't want anyone to force it when it's not necessary, but I feel like I would hope it would open up certain comic book properties to be made into films altogether. Uh, you know, particularly, you know, what was the, uh, Hancock? I know that's a weird movie to, to mention, but if you ever read the original script for that, it is way darker than what we got. And I don't know if it was always a Will Smith vehicle or not. Uh, it really would have done something to his image at that time because I mean, it's, it's pretty bad. Like it's, it's like Miracle Man or Marvel Man levels really? of, yeah, just the stuff that happens in it. But I think at that time they just didn't feel like they could sell a rated R film. Um, but a rated R Will Smith film. Absolutely not. Well, especially when it's based on, you know, like, uh, well, not a comic book, but just, you know, with a superhero in it. So, I mean, you know, I would like to see some mature, more mature comics like, you know, like I said, Miracle Man, uh, possibly something like Love and Rocket, some of the indie small press stuff. It doesn't necessarily have to be, uh, you know, superhero stuff, but was, uh, was Unbreakable with Bruce Willis was, that was PG 13, right? I think it was PG thirteen. Yeah, it probably was. It was it was close to that line where I think a lot of a lot of superhero movies could benefit from, you know, going that direction, that, that sort of dark, desperate tone to it. But there's so many other ones where I hope that they don't I I really when Guardians of the Galaxy came out and we're after the Dark Knight, we're after um, you know, Avengers, all that stuff, where it started to get really heavy with all these superhero movies. When Guardians came out, I was like, oh, my God, I forgot that this was supposed to be fun. Like, yeah. I forgot that this was yeah. – there were jokes. Like, they could actually be fun. I know Marvel's done a pretty good job of peppering in jokes and things like that. But Guardians just had a completely different feel. And for me, I'm a huge, like, cheesy, you know, campy 80s movie fan. So to see that, I was like, this is huge. So I agree. The, the only thing I'm worried about about ours is if they do, like, a bombshell movie – and all of a sudden, it's about half-naked comic book characters fighting each other. I don't want that. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't I don't want to see... Do you ever see that Viggo Mortensen movie, where it's like a ru- Russian mobsters and all that stuff? Oh, Eastern Promises? Yeah, Eastern Promises. I never want to see any Marvel <laughs> Marvel characters have the, that kind of fight in the shower. I have no clue what you guys are talking about. <laughs> that, that, it's a David Cronenberg film, but, like, it's really well known for the uh, this fight scene that takes place in a bathhouse and like Viggo Morrison is just ass naked fighting off like two or three guys with a knife. Well, actually I don't even think he had a knife, but I mean, his <laughs> dick's just swinging around, butt cheeks flapping and <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't want to see Logan yeah. in that scenario. I don't need to see that. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah. yeah. We don't need gratuitous nudities and no. nudities and gratuitous nudity in comics. I think language movies. too. I, you guys talked about it on, uh, I think the last one with Logan, but mm-hmm. the first maybe 20 minutes or so hearing, um, hearing how much profanity was in that, you know, just to kind of set the R tone, like, Hey, we're doing this. Mm-hmm. I thought there was too much I, personally. You know, I, I was like, why this, this isn't necessary. That's what it, Dave said. Yeah. Off, I'm not sure if he said it on the podcast or not, but he, he agreed that it seemed like a little too much. I just, I thought it was natural. <laughs> Every I, everything I heard, I was like, yeah, I would say fuck then. <laughs> it's like that episode of the Simpsons where they get stuck on the, on the deserted Island and they're like, yeah, we're free to do whatever we want. Can we curse? Yes, hell damn it. <laughs> it's just, yeah. Let's just do it while we can. Yeah. Let's, cuss. let's get yeah. it out of the system. <laughs> All 
All right, I think we're warmed up. I think we're ready to jump into uh, to something else. I'm feeling good about this episode. <laughs> so far, so good. Hey, let's talk about news. The silence made it a lot better. Is that where the music will be? Yeah. Hey, have you guys seen that Thor has no hammer in the last um, photos from Ragnarok? He doesn't have Majorgalorgnorga. Yeah, meow, 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 meow. Or Mew Mew. Yeah. Mew Mew. He has like a spear or something, right? He has the two, like what are the like two swords called? Do you remember? Oh, no, I do not remember. They have, they have a name, and I could Google it, but I'm not going to. Yeah. But they're swords that he had before he had the hammer in the comic books. It has a name. I forget. Whatever. I, I wish I was a bigger Thor fan, honestly. Uh, I, I got the nickname Thor at work. A long time ago, because of the way my name is spelled, my manager just wrote T H O R and just kind of stopped. He didn't finish the M, but <laughs> well, he drew yeah. half a hump and was like, ah, "Yeah, it's like that's good it. enough. You're you're Thor now." There's already a Tom. This yeah. is easy. Uh, so I feel like because of the name, I should know more. But stuff like that, I had I had no idea. Yeah, I had no idea about his his knives. Two big knives. Oh. Uh, but he's got short hair as well. Yeah. Uh, so he's cut those bad that bad boy down. They're gonna this, lose um, some ladies. Yeah, at least he doesn't. He probably in his contract he was like, "Fine, I'll do these movies." <laughs> but once we get to like three or four or five, I get to have regular ass hair. And they're like, "Okay, fine, whatever." Well, I, I don't think Chris Hemsworth really grows his hair out. All I like that to much. believe he does. I like to believe that he is like such a serious actor. He's a method actor. He's method actor only. <laughs> like he goes around, only speaks in like choppy, shitty old English, and grows his hair out and hits people with hammers. Yeah, yeah. like that scene where it was almost like Shakespearean with Loki when, when he first sees him. Uh, you know, when the the rain is coming down in Avengers and. You know, Iron Man comes to chase him down. It's like this cheesy oh, monologue. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. If he just talked like that all the time, but like in the sweltering heat of Australia or wherever he's from, <laughs> with that hair just like sweating, and it, that would be just miserable for him. He doesn't make enough. Yeah, um, Taika Waititi, if I'm saying his name right at all, is directing this film, and he seems to be drawing from a lot of different. Um, storylines and various influences are kind of um, um, informing the look of this movie. I I would like to see a trailer because we've seen trailers for every other Marvel movie that's coming out this year. I don't think Thor's like come out to what November. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. yeah. So you'd, you'd expect at least to have a teaser by now. Uh, but they have leaked a few photos, and, and the newest one would be Jeff Goldblum. Oh have you guys boy! Seen the picture oh, yeah. Jeff- oh boy! Jeff Goldblum like has blue, yeah, the vertical lipstick. Yeah, he's yeah. got vertical lipstick <laughs> on his lower lip. Well, this this similar to what uh, uh, Benicio del Toro's uh, how he looked as yeah, the, the collector, collector yeah. which I guess the collector in, in the comics, the collector in the games master are supposed to be related. Yeah, somehow. Um, what's funny is that you could just send a picture of Jeff Goldblum to me looking like this, and I'd be like, "Oh, Jeff Goldblum." I wouldn't even think twice because <laughs> yeah. it's just Jeff Goldblum. I was kind of hoping that was, you know, they confused where that picture came from. And it was from, you know, the, the next fifth element, like the sixth <laughs> element or something. I or it was that. just a picture of him like on a Saturday. Yeah, just on a Saturday. Yeah, he's taking the kids to, to Publix or Harris Teeter, whatever <laughs> grocery store he has. <laughs> Vaughn's. Yeah. If you're on the West Coast. I'm excited um, for this movie. So every little thing that kind of leaks, I'm good with. Yeah. Um, 
I really like Kate Blanchett as a uh, Hella. Yeah. No, she looks great. She's yeah. like, she totally, uh, Goth she's like the out. contrast from yeah. the rest of the, the imagery yeah. that you see so far. She's yeah. just totally the opposite I'm, of, of the color. Yeah. I'm, I'm impressed by the outfit. Uh, very gothy looking, uh, Kate Blanchett. Um, how do you think they're going to do, um, cause Hulk is supposed to be hulked out for the majority of this movie. How do you think they're going to do that? Do you think that's going to be weird? Eh, I think it can work. I mean, I like Mark Ruffalo, but nobody goes to see the Avengers for Mark Ruffalo. They want to see. <laughs> no one walks Hulk. out of an Avengers movie and be like, you know who was really good? Mark Ruffalo. Which is how I felt after the first Avengers. Like, eh, I really wanted Ed Norton back, but I like Mark Ruffalo. He was a good. I did. Yeah. I, I remember thinking, oh, why couldn't they get Ed Norton back? And now I'm like, fuck Ed Norton. Yeah. Can, so can they just bring like each of those two guys, like Eric Bana too? Can they just kind of interchange him every time he goes back to <laughs> normal? <laughs> just switch him out and see if anybody notices. I would much rather Mark Ruffalo turns into a large Ed Norton <laughs> instead of Hulk. Like It's just a huge... Ed Norton. Two dollars. Should we talk about Superman comic books? Have you read and have you been reading or keeping up with any of the um newer DC stuff? Yeah, I've actually been reading um loosely. I mean, I've been reading uh Superman more than I have been action. Okay. I think that's the one that Patrick Gleason is doing the artwork on. He's kind of going back and forth with Doug Mankey. Well, have you read the one where they reveal the side Clark Kent's yes. uh, new... Yes, and so I love it. It's, uh, it's how do you... Mr. Mr. Mixius Pitalik. Yeah, and his his way to go back to the fifth dimension is to say that name backwards. Can yeah. we can we walk through how that's done? Like, I, I, I just I, want to hear it out loud. I think I just, it is pronounced Kaplitskism k- or something like that. Hmm. Don't quote me on it. No. So you know that I'm not a DC guy. Explain to me who the fuck this character is and why everyone's got a nerd boner about it, because I don't get it. I cannot pinpoint the origin of that character. I remember reading him, seeing him a lot in Superman comics during the 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, but his whole thing is that he is an imp from the fifth dimension. And his his aim in life is just to be a thorn in Superman's side. But I guess he is a Superman, sort of what the old Joker used to be to Batman, where it was like, okay, you know, it was before the Joker became this mass murderer, serial killer. He was just, you know, making merry pranks to just kind of frustrate the hell out of Batman. That's sort of what Mr. Mixwell-Plick is. So his powers are he can alter reality. And he's a character... I, God, I can't even remember the last time I've seen him in a Superman comic. I, th- I think the last prominent appearance was probably in the late nineties, early two thousands. That was the, uh, Superman emperor storyline, um, by Ed McGinnis and Jeff Loeb and a bunch of other folks. But it was a storyline in which like just the entirety of Superman's reality had been totally, you know, bent out of whack. But Mr. Mixaplick hasn't shown up in a really long time. And I think having him show up in this book, it's, it's so jarring. It's jarring on the level of, and I don't want to give away any spoilers. If you ever read Hush, 
like they do something that you just didn't expect them to do. And you'd think folks would have a negative reaction to it, but it's like, Oh my God, you brought this old piece of crap back. I forgot how much <laughs> I loved it. It's been gone just long enough to me for me to forget how much I hate it. You reminded me how much I loved it, but yeah, everyone's got a nerd boner because it's something from, you know, Superman silver age, which, yep. you know, I got that text from you talking about Lori Lamaris. Yeah. Let's just, talk about that. Let, let's go yeah. straight into that. Um, Side note, DC Comics right now are better than Marvel Comics, and I am a Marvel guy, okay? But the stuff that DC is writing is more character-driven and more interesting than the event fatigue that I'm getting from Marvel. Well, that like, comes like, down which to, one, to numbers. Yeah, like they keep rebooting everything, and I, I want to give it a shot, because like you, I'm not, I'm not really a DC guy, but is there anything... You know, like Blake said, that is a must read right now. I, I think if you're going to jump onto DC Comics right now, uh, either of the Superman books are are pretty good. Wonder well, Woman three Superman books. We've though, got right? Action Superman, and then the other Superman, the Asian Superman. Oh, New right? Superman, New Superman. Hmm. Yeah, which you know, I don't know. You kind of take or leave that one. I, I kind of flipped through it and was like, yeah, I don't know. This really isn't doing anything for me. Um, Greg Rucka on Wonder Woman. That's been really good. Um, I say if you want to read a Batman book right now, the one to read is All-Star Batman, written by Scott Snyder with various God, artists. It's so ridiculous. Yeah. Um, Batman yeah. kills people with chainsaws. Oh, God. That's all I he didn't say. kill anybody with a chainsaw. Right. Just, Batman uses chainsaw hands on things. Yeah. I'll go ahead and add that to my reading list real they quick. Bring, he brings back KG Beast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's worth it's worth, okay. worth a read. Um uh, Oh, I was gonna say before we before we jump off the the Mister McGinnicuddy, whatever his name is, McGinnicuddy. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think? Uh, I wondered. I'm kind of thinking when that decision was made to bring him back because to me, I could draw some comparisons from you know I'm I'm not a huge Superman guy, but from what I know about him, uh, he's a similar kind of story arc, you know, world changer as uh, as David from from Legion. Where, you know, he's kind of a smaller character, but mm. he can have this huge impact on everything that's going on with every other character. Do you think, you know, uh, the DC team seeing that that show is doing well has had some kind of impact where they're like, okay, people can deal with this kind of crazy thing going on? Or do you think it was done before? I think it was done before because, um, this has been going on for the last year. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And that's, it's yeah. been like a slow lead up to who is this Clark Kent that's yeah. been walking around that's not Superman. And so there's been a, in the Superman books, they've been following Clark Kent around like, okay, where's he going? Who is he? And then, um, Superman 52 son is lost. And then Mr. Mistopheles or whatever this guy's name is. <laughs> Mr. Mistopheles. Um, basically makes everyone forget about Superman's son and wife, or is it just son? I can't remember. No, he tries, he makes Clark and Lois forget that they ever had a son named. John. Yeah. And that is some, that is mm. some dark shit. Well, yeah. Cause basically Mixelplick is, is jealous. Like when the whole new 52, the shift in reality happened, Mr. Mixelplick got left behind and didn't get carried over into the new 52. So he was, you know, saying like, I've been waiting for you to remember me, to bring me out of this limbo, but I realized you were never going to come. You just totally forgotten about me. So now I'm up in your face and I'm going to make you remember me and so on and so forth. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's cute because it's a really corny forgotten element of Superman's, you know, large cast of characters. And 
just something you, no one thought that they would ever bother doing anything with, or, or, you know, they would have tried to modernize and like, Oh, Mr. Mixoplick and I'm so dark and gritty. Nope. He's just a floating motherfucker. He's, like he's, he's straight from that Flintstones cartoon. Yeah. Remember that like floating green thing? <laughs> oh, Flintstones? The, it was the great Gnu. Yeah. Gazoo. Great G- Gazoo. Great Gazoo. Yeah. yeah they, uh, they could have tried to make him like, uh, the guy from The Walking Dead with a crossbow, you know. Oh, Daryl! It's like, hey guys, the Mister Mixel play, yeah. you know, like trying to toughen him up a little bit. I'm so dark and bad. And then he has a brother, you know. They they they're an assassin team or something like yeah. the Boondock Saints. I don't, I don't know how they would even do that, but. Uh, hey, do you guys care about any Star Wars rumors and stuff? Uh, yeah, about let's talk about that real quick. Yeah. Um. Bec- huh. the, the the internet really cares about what they think Luke's first words are going to be. Oh Jesus! Yeah. All right, and it, he says apparently, apparently from what I've read, he says, "Who are you?" Right? Yeah. Is that like like he doesn't know who she yeah. is? So that's a big deal. Like no, everyone cares about that. There were all these theories that she was uh, from his camp, you know, of, of Jedi Academy trainees, whatever you want to call it, young Jedi. Uh, so people thought that maybe she forgot or she was too young or, you know, whatever connection there. Maybe he was, uh, her dad, you know, maybe this doesn't roll that it, out yeah, positively, kinda, but it has a, a lot of connotations that one sentence. It really does. Well, I, I think it just goes to show that, you know, I think Daisy Ridley has been pretty adamant that, you know, Ray is nobody. Ray is just a person. Like it's not some huge hidden legacy. You know that there's nothing special about her. To perhaps me, I, I kind of yeah. like that because, as a gamer, you know mm. uh, the Mass Effect series, Dragon Age, all the Marwind, like Skyrim stuff. You you start out as a nobody, and then all of a sudden you walk into this village, and they're like, "Oh, you have this this secret power, and you can do all this stuff." Thanks for coming. You know, sorry we treated you badly originally. <laughs> I I kind of hope that she doesn't turn out that way because that's yeah. such a standard. That's such a trope now. Like well, I'm, I'm kind of over all that. It gives her the potential to be a great character on her own as yeah. opposed to, oh, she's the daughter of Luke Skywalker or she's a former pupil of his. There's a lot more yeah. montages you can do with that, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I, I, all in all, I, I, I can't give a damn about any of it because <laughs> until I see the movie, like I don't, it's kind of fun to speculate, but it's also kind of pointless because. You know, I speculate so much about um, comic book movies that I just can't speculate about Star Wars. I had to stop. <laughs> I, I had to stop speculating about it. As anything. you know, um, I've been we've been going through and listening to all the Star Wars movies, and Amos and Dave have been teaching me about them because I've seen like each one time. I care more now, but not enough to speculate. Yeah, but as long as there's some lightsaber battles and um, poor grammar from a little green guy, I'll be happy. <laughs> Did you guys hear that Bloodshot movie has found a director? Or do you care? That's my t- two questions. <laughs> Vertigo property, Bloodshot, has got a uh, director who worked on the Deadpool film. Um, what is this guy's name? Dave Wilson. So he's like a visual effects guy, but he mm-hmm. worked on um, the Deadpool stuff as well. I don't know if I care enough about this character, but if it's R-rated... I mean, it's got a cool enough backstory. I, you know, I never was into the old Valiant stuff back during the nineties. And a lot of people have tried to urge me to read this new stuff and I just can't bring myself to, I, I don't, it's just me being a stubborn bastard, but 
I might be compelled to watch a bloodshot movie just because, I mean, it's something I kind of loosely know about, but I don't have a lot of, you know, preconceptions. Um, he's a Jason Bourne, right? I mean, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think there's something semi supernatural scientific about it. I don't know. What was that movie in the nineties? Um, that had Jean-Claude Van Universal Soldier. Okay. Yeah. Maybe this would be a, pretty much all of his movies. Yeah. All of you, all of his <laughs> movies. This is like a Universal Soldier meets uh Jason Bourne type of thing. Yeah. Well, you know, maybe it can work because I mean, you think about the you know something like Blade or Hellboy oh, where yeah. the general yeah. audience didn't realize it was based on a comic book, maybe people can go into Bloodshot. Even, yeah. yeah, you know, people don't realize what this is and they can accept it. And and maybe enjoy it all the more. You know, I, I actually uh, I'm not a huge Valiant guy either, but uh, Quantum and Woody was okay. Mm. But if they said they were making an Archer and Armstrong movie, I would be pumped. I don't know if you guys know about Archer. I know and Armstrong. about Archer yeah. and Armstrong. But if if they made that in like the vein of uh, like Venture Brothers or something, mm. like really just weird off the wall, <laughs> like odd um, referential comedy. I would be all that over that. That would be that. a good Netflix show. Yeah, I'd be all over it. But something like Bloodsport. it's kind Blood of like Sport, a live-action Rick and Morty in yeah, a way. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. We have enough things like Bloodsport, in my opinion. Like, there's just, it's saturated. But if you had something oddball like that, yeah. man, that, that would be a, a little spot for them to, to dig into in the market, I think. But yeah. I, don't, I don't know. I just don't know enough about the character, I guess. It's a, is a soldier who kills things. He's yeah. super. Yeah. That's about it. Did you guys hear that they're going to try to reboot The Matrix? Yeah, and I don't huh. mean like that in a in like a <laughs> like a reboot the Matrix, blue or red, but I, I guarantee, <laughs> purple or green. But no, I guarantee you, when the movie comes out, it will probably be called the Matrix rebooted. Ugh. Oh, you yeah. remember that was like the, the reloaded. The second the, one yeah. was reloaded. Third one was Revolutions. I guarantee the fourth one will be called the Matrix rebooted. There's so much money I, to be I'll, made. I'll fucking bet you money yeah. right now. And I, I think <laughs> from what I read, it's going to be a, a young Morpheus, right? With one of the other ones. And then like they reboot it every time he fails or whatever. But it, it was just such a good first movie that the second two, I've, it was good enough where like Star Wars, I, I can block out the prequels. Yeah. I can block out the sequels for the Matrix. The but Wachowski- it's going to be tough. Siblings? They're, no, they're the Wachowski. They're the Wachowski sisters now. I think. Are they both? Both are of they, them. I thought I knew the one. Okay. Yeah, yeah I think uh, the other one did. Larry is now Lauren. That happened around like Speed Racer, right? Or Lana. No, Larry, yeah, Larry's Lana. I don't know Lana. What Andy, what name uh, she's chosen for herself? Apparently, the Wachowski, 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 Wachowski sisters. Don't know slash have nothing to do with this. And um, <sighs> could, could we make a sequel to? Uh, sorry to you know nah, run off on a tra- tangent, but I just had a great idea what? for another movie: uh, the traveling pants of the Wachowski sisterhood. <laughs> Can we make that a thing? I think that that should be the name of their documentary about how they transitioned, and also you got to have different pants. You need different pants if you're doing that. Not there's anything I, wrong with that. I love the Wachowskis, and anything that they do, I I have watched and I will watch. I mean, wait, lo- so Speed Racer? I never saw. Yeah, it. no, I, I was fucking yeah. love Speed Racer. So it was good. It was bad, but the well, for me, but the visual art style and stuff. Oh my god! Yeah, like that was like we saw it in IMAX. Uh, it wasn't even 3D. We saw it in IMAX, and like I wish I did drugs. I mean, that was just an experience for the eyes. 
plot-wise story, it's a bit much, especially for something that's supposed to be kind of a family kids movie. But I mean, visually, it's spectacular. Um, Cloud Atlas gets a lot of crap. I think that's so, a pretty good movie. I haven't it's seen Cloud good. Atlas either. I heard good stuff about it, and the sequel came out, didn't it? No, there's no, no sequel to it. Oh, maybe I'm thinking about something it's else. About Sense Eight. That was the TV show they did for Netflix. That's really good. So that's good, except there's way too much sex in it for me. And I usually don't say that, but like, there's a whole lot of sex in that show. There is. You and know, there's like but... wet, like dildos thrown around and shit. <laughs> there's a strap on that's like thrown at the screen, like within the first 20 minutes the of Wachachis, the first episode. They're very sex positive. I mean, and very inclusive. And I like the message of Sense8 and it manages to be a good action television series on top of that. But. No, you know, I kind of hate to say it. I'm not surprised that maybe Warner Brothers doesn't want to incorporate them into this. Because one, you know, they are sort of taking their baby and and doing with it as they please. But also, the Wachowskis, unfortunately, I think have been in the doghouse as filmmakers just because... um, While they do make interesting films, none of them have been like... You know, anywhere as financially successful as, you know, the first few Matrix movies, I think is, you know, each one costs just as much as the last one, but makes a little bit less and less. Mm-hmm. So I think they may want to just well, keep Ke- them out of this. And Keanu says he didn't, he doesn't want anything to do with it unless they are involved. I don't blame him. But yeah, I don't either. Yeah. I like that guy. It's hard not to like Keanu. Keanu, yeah. he seems like a nice dude, like he just all around. Like a, yeah, he seems like a really great guy. Yeah. Oh, like no, his, his, I'd uh, love to hug that guy. His Reddit AMAs. I don't yeah. know if you guys, you know, typically read Reddit AMAs, but that guy, man, he goes back the next day and answers all the questions that he missed. He just, mm-hmm. just a good guy. Yeah, for the community of you know his fans, I guess. Good old Keanu. Yeah, but I, I don't know. I, I really wouldn't want to see a Matrix prequel. I mean, I. I don't know how that would work. Aren't they making a TV show too? Kind of along those lines. I, I, I think I heard about something it. about that. Where yeah. uh, I don't think there's many details, but that's another kind of unnecessary thing. I don't. I don't know if the world needs all this Matrix stuff. I mean, I guess it's been 20 years. That's so crazy to think. Yeah. I mean, it was, or it will be coming up on close to 20 years because that was 99 when that first one came out. Look, if you get a good writer and a decent director behind the idea of the Matrix, I'll give it a go. But reading what I've read so far, not having Keanu Reeves involved, not having the Wachowski sisters involved, it just to me it just looks like a cash grab. Yeah, and fuck it that. Yeah, yeah. If, if it was like a movie with with purpose, like uh, like Fury Road or John Wick or the New Dread with Carl Urban, something mm-hmm. like that, where it knows what it wants to do and they get the right guys for that or, or right. girls or mix whatever. Um, I would be a hundred percent behind that, but like like you said, it's just it's just there. You know, yeah. it doesn't need to be. It's it's yeah, it doesn't. It's been done. It doesn't seem like it has that focus to it. No. Nah. Yeah. So here, I got this for you. Um, with the Batman getting pushed back inevitably, which we'll get into in a second. Mm-hmm. Only James Wan's Aquaman will shoot in twenty seventeen, which means the only DC movie. That will be released in 2018 is Aquaman. That's fucking crazy. Oof. Think about that. Now, I actually have hope for Aquaman's um, movie. Mm -hmm. I think that the director's decent. 
And uh, it was a really weird cast for Aquaman. So maybe it will be okay. And unlike Sequoia, I have... uh, I've really enjoyed the Aquaman comic run from Rebirth, <laughs> which I know that sounds stupid, but I swear, read it. Anyway, so according to Variety, there are five movies that may or may not be filming in 2018, and these are the five. Gotham City Sirens, The Flash, Green Lantern, Suicide Squad 2, and Dark Universe. So at least two to three of those are going to be filmed in 2018, so that there's at least two to three to come out in 2019. Let me ask, this is Dark Universe supposed to be the Guillermo del Toro, like, Justice League Dark horror? Yes, it's Justice League Dark. Gotham City Sirens, Dark Universe, Flash, Green Lantern Corps, and what was that last? Suicide Squad 2. <laughs> Which- Supposedly with Mel Gibson. That's, I mean, that's, he has confirmed that he is in conversations. He's a decent director. He is. I I can't take that from him. I don't, yeah. If I I could, I fucking would. I I (laughs) love Hacksaw Ridge. Uh, I haven't, is is that good? That's good. And do yourself a favor and go back and watch Apocalypto. Apocalypto is crazy. Apocalypto is fucking awesome. That is great. Yeah. If he can bring some of that crazy darkness that he has in all of his movies to Suicide Squad, man. I think he walks with darkness around him. I doubt he can. Not bless Suicide Squad 2. You couldn't make a worse Suicide Squad movie, so why not fucking let Mel Gibson do it? Well, I think DC, or Warner Brothers, I should say, they have to walk a fine line where they're willing to allow their writers, directors, producers to craft the film they're trying to craft. But also at the same time, I feel like at this point they might as well give up this whole thing of having this unified unified movie universe. I mean, you can say this stuff is connected, but it's never going to work like Marvel does where each story informs the next movie. Because it wasn't planned. No. Yeah. Plan it. And that's obvious at this point. Marvel, Iron Man came out and then ever, and then a bunch of smart people were like, Hey, let's plan this shit. Yeah. And then they did. And they had some bumps in the road, but then it got real good, and now it's great. Well, and it's sort of Marvel's blessing as well as their curse because, you know, I like I said, I think I said on one episode, I, I kind of watch each of these movies as an installment in a ongoing comic narrative that they're building. I mean, you know, I was actually kind of thinking halfway this year that, eh, Maybe I won't bother go seeing Spider-Man Homecoming because I'm all Spider-Man the hell out. But it's sort of like, well, you're going to miss finding out what's going to happen leading up to, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy or Thor Ragnarok or whatever they're trying to build with um, uh, Avengers Infinity War. So, I mean, it's almost I'm almost kind of obligated to watch all this stuff to get this bigger narrative. So, you know, sometimes they kind of hamstring their films trying to set up whatever's coming next. They sometimes forget to tell a story. Biggest case of that would be... Um, Age of Ultron? Age of Ultron, Thor 2, uh, definitely Iron Man 2. I mean, yeah. there's, there's the whole second act of that movie is missing, you know, just because they had to set up Avengers. So, and I feel like that's when Warner Brothers were at their strongest when they were making movies is, you know, they treated each film property as its own thing. I mean, you know, say what you will. I like Constantine. That's a good film. 
Uh, it doesn't have to tie into Batman, but it could. And I think maybe that's what they need to reconsider. Why not have all of these movies be separate, see which ones succeed, and then you can write them into the next team up doesn't have to be like a full justice league team up could just be three or four of the characters that had a successful run you know like don't worry about the next movie worry about the one you're making right now yeah yeah i I kind of feel like uh what you're talking about is is playing a more almost into the series on netflix because for me i i had a hard time getting through luke cage Mm -hmm. and now with all this stuff that they're talking about with with iron fist I feel like I'm going to miss out a ton of stuff if I don't watch both of those for mm-hmm. uh, the Defenders. For, you right. might. So right. I haven't started on Iron Fist yet, but the uh, reviews aren't too promising. But you know what? The second half of Luke Cage was kind of tough to watch. Yeah. The first half was fucking awesome. Yeah, I, I watched the like music alone is worth worth you watching Luke Cage. But I have not heard. You know, I'm going to watch Iron Fist because I'm a Marvel fanboy, but uh, not hearing good stuff. But let's go back to DC because. The Batman won't go into production until end of 2018 because the director, Matt, what's that guy's name? Reeves. Matt Reeves has pre-existing commitments, I assume, to some kind of Planet of the Apes. War for the Planet of the Apes? Yeah, that's coming out this year. Okay. Maybe it's something else that he has stuff to do. But anyways, he's not he's not even going to be able to start working on it until the end of 2018, which mm. means best case scenario... We're not going to have it until end of 2019. And also, the script is being totally rewritten, which means we might have a good Batman movie. A lot of people are shitting on the fact that it's being rewritten. But hey, if the screen if the screenplay sucked, at least they're doing it now. It's not always a matter of it sucking. I mean, usually if a director changes, they have to recraft the story to being something that that director can work with. Um, But, you know, my thing is the last five years, there's been all this talk about what it was that Warner brothers was going to do with their, their DC film universe. And there's been a lot of buildup, but I mean, as far as actual action, all we've gotten was man of steel, Batman versus Superman, you know, we're, we're going to, oh, Suicide Squad. We're going to get Wonder Woman. We're going to get Justice League. But, you know, how long until we get an actual, how long have we known that Jason Momoa is going to play Aquaman? And we're still a couple of years off till we actually get, get to actually see that Aquaman film. Uh, how long have we been hearing about the rock being attached to a Shazam film? When the hell are we going to get to see that? I mean, I, I feel like it's a lot of buildup and no payoff, and I'm just kind of finding it harder and harder to care about this stuff until it actually comes out. It's going to be very difficult for these movies to be super successful, as especially if what if this is the peak of comic book movie dumb? What if we're there? And these next two or three years are going to be like the good movies, and then it's going to, you know, people are going to be sick of comic book movies. It's going to be like the the face offs, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like when action movies went out to die when they went out to pasture in the nineties. Mm, mm. That'd be sad. See, that's almost a whole other conversation we have, man, about yeah. action movies and shit. Because because we could go deep. Yeah, we, we could go, go pretty deep. deep. Yeah, but um, 
Well, I was going to say, I mean, that kind of ties into something I was mentioning earlier. You know, this article I read on IGM by Jesse Sheedon, and he was talking about we might be in the era of peak comics. So I, I don't know. I feel like, and and right now, I mean, the movies are driving a lot of this stuff. I mean, it's it's not the sole factor, but I mean, I've had to pare down on how much stuff I watch on TV because. You know, like as far as like the comic book related stuff, I only watch the Marvel Netflix stuff because I don't have time to watch Agents of Shield, Flash, Gotham, Arrow, Supergirl, DC Legends of Tomorrow. You know, I, I, Cloak and Dagger. Yeah, and there's more stuff coming. Um, do Do you think uh, that could partly be because you know kids are growing up seeing that you can be profitable in this kind of thing, like versus being a, an actual novel writer writing screenplays for other types of movies? Do you think it's kind of like uh, like sports, where now kids are seeing that, that Major League Soccer is becoming a thing? So they're like, oh, I don't have to quit soccer. I, I don't have to play football. You know, I can go I directly that, to MLS. I hope that's the case. I don't That'd think be pretty it is. Awesome. But I hope that like people see that you can make money off of doing what you want if you want to be creative with comics. I think it's just comics are much more accessible these days because people are used to them from movies. They don't have a stigma that was pulled with them when I was reading comics in the late eighties and nineties. Same here. It's funny you say that though. Like it, there's, there's, everyone's going to see these movies and, and Star Wars too now, obviously. And while it has this mainstream success now, I, I feel like there's still that, that kind of side eye look you get when you, when you say you actually read comics or you're, you're someone that actually knows what happened in the last Marvel movie or DC movie when your friends ask. They're like, hey, what do I have to know about this movie? I missed it. And then you bring them up to speed. You know, there's still that, that like, <laughs> okay, thanks. There's, there's that really? feeling of, I must me, totally ignore it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for me, I, I, I notice it. Maybe I, I don't only really care, my, but I only hang out with people who also yeah, <laughs> watch and read comic book. Maybe that's it. Yeah. You need some new friends, is what we're saying. Yeah, I Tom. think so. I'm in a, a lot of abusive relationships. Yeah. I think. <laughs> yeah, can you help me uh, explain this uh, this X Men movie to me? Huh? Okay, that's what's going on. All right, thanks, nerd. Shut up. Thanks, nerd. He's <laughs> <was> like, <laughs> too bad you couldn't catch this Nerf ball I just threw at you. Hey, catch. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you wouldn't be able to. Um, well, I, I I don't know. I don't know if I can entirely agree with that because I mean like yeah if you're talking about like you know people trying to find success you know as comic book writers artists trying to get their own product out there I don't think the movies and TV shows are really uh, a, a good example of that because all the movies and TV shows we're seeing are from the big two it's Marvel and DC and you know it's these guys are big major entertainment conglomerate so yeah those writers have been around yeah why is it more shit from image being turned into a film or a television i mean the big success would be walking dead and that's it i mean you have outcast but uh but that's another kirkman uh project and that's nowhere as successful as the walking dead is um you know some of the other stuff he's done like you know thief of thieves that never got adapted into a television series but i mean you know there's nothing related to sex criminals or saga. You know, there was the big deal last year was Matt Fraction and Kelly Sue DeConnick getting that deal with Universal um, to, you know, try to adapt some of their stuff to be made into movies or television and also them working on something original for the studio. And, 
you know, we haven't seen any of that come to fruition yet. And there are other people out there who've had these deals, but I mean, where is my, my love and rockets television show on HBO? Where is saga on Showtime? Give it to me, man. I, I mean, oh, okay. Made by like the showrunner of black sales or something. Or yeah. Spartacus. I mean, that'd be awesome. Th- this summer we've got that Wilson movie, which is a, um, Dan Klaus, uh, comic book coming out. And he's had other his other stuff adapted, like uh, Ghost World. That was probably the biggest one he's ever done, or uh, Art School Confidential. Um, there hasn't been any of that other stuff, so I, you know, I feel like it's one of those things still now, like it was twenty years ago. If you're gonna make comics, you got to make comics for comics' sake, and not worry about you know the video game deals or the toy lines or any of that crap. Because unless you're hooked up with somebody with a lot of clout. It ain't going to happen. Yeah, that's, it's just like the science side of it, where they figured it out, they know it works, and you know the guys that can apply that formula are the guys that just keep skyrocketing. You yeah. know, they're, they're still going to be there for a while, I mm-hmm. guess is what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Hey, did you guys know that Sony just randomly announced a Venom movie? Like two it's days coming ago? Out, it's coming out next year. Yeah. Like, yeah. That blew me away. And yeah. that, I hope that that and Carnage, those are two movies I think that should be in that R camp especially carnage yeah they need, sony needs to slow their roll and give me a carnage and venom R yeah. movie how are you gonna have venom and not i mean you gotta have spider-man in it right i mean you gotta do what, the black symbiote what are you gonna costume do? well this is all that stuff they talked about like after amazing spider-man 2 how they were trying to expand yeah the spidey universe but then they rebooted spider-man and all died in no more sinister six but now we have a venom movie look man you guys know I'm a Spider-Man guy. Oh yeah. You know, you know I love me some Venom. I've read many of the bad Venom s- single books and just went through them because it's Venom. Mhm. And this worries me greatly. Other like two things that worries me about it. All of a sudden we know about it and it's coming out next year and it's Sony. <laughs> One two. <laughs> I mean, you know, Sony's whole handling of the Spider-Man franchise, whatever you want to call it, has been very odd. Because, I mean, the sad fact of the matter is, like, Sam Raimi did right by them twice. And, you know, even with that third movie... Which was not his idea to have Venom. No, it was was totally Sony getting in his way. And it still made almost a billion... I think it actually did make a billion dollars. And he was going to come back a fourth time and do it. And they're like, no, we don't want you know, old Toby Maguire and Kirsten Dunst. We want Spider-Man to be sexy. We want Spider-Man to be more like Twilight. And he was like, you know what? We're not going to agree on anything. So he stepped out and they made the Spider-Man that they wanted, the younger, sexier Spider-Man with Andrew Garfield. And they were two films into it. And they're like, oh, we don't want to do this anymore. You know, which, which sucks because it was a bad Spider-Man. It was written poorly to be Spider-Man, first of all. But, that first one, first one's okay. It was okay. Yeah, it, it was just extra campy, and it was like more comic book than the others, which I kind of liked. Mm. He, but he was not Spider. He was not playing the Spider-Man from the comic books. He was playing. He was way cooler, way too cool to be. Well, Spider-Man. no, but that was the thing. They, they, what Sony was looking at, at that time was how. Um, Twilight was bringing this audience of like young teen girls and their mothers. 
And it's sort of what, you know, the CW kind of had going on where it's like, hey, we're going to appeal to women and nerds and we're going to have, you know, Arrow, which will bring in the geeks, but it's going to be really sexy and have like, you know, these little romance and dramatic subplots and that'll bring the women in. And that's what Sony was trying to do with Spider-Man. They were trying to sex it up. Clueless is getting a sequel as a comic book. Yes. On Boom Studio, I written by the uh, creative staff that did uh, Buffy's like last season on comics. Who's reading that book, Sequoia? Who's going to buy that book? Do you think? I'm I'm assuming this is okay. Licensed comics are a big thing right now. I mean, we talked about that earlier. How like there's a comic book for any property out there and i i imagine i don't know who actually is buying it but i'm sure they're aiming at the hearts of whoever is reading uh archie right now like yep. the new rebooted archie that's what i was thinking i love the movie clueless it's fantastic sure who doesn't like the movie clueless i pretended to hate the movie clueless because my sister loved it so much but but did you ever watch the clueless tv show no so and that's my thing is sort of like okay what are the continuing adventures of those kids you know like what what is there to follow up on like what where does that go I don't know I guess we'll have to find out <laughs> next time on clueless <laughs> totally clueless the sequel um so we should know Who's going to play Cable in Deadpool 2 in the next two weeks? That is the tweet that went out yesterday. Um, we should know. And what we know right now, not Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> not Ron Damn Pullman. It. They were talking about the guy from Stranger Things, right? Not the not guy David from... David Harbour? Not David Harbour. Not Aww. him. Wow. Oh. Not Stephen Lang. Uh, That's the guy from Avatar, right? Yes. Yep. Okay. Yes. That's good. I'm happy Please not that. Pierce Brosnan. Not Kyle Chandler. It was never going to be Kyle Chandler. Can we, can we get Kurt Russell? I know he's doing ego, but I love Kurt Russell. He could do it. Uh, Russell Crowe. Not Russell Crowe. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> so we don't know. So it's probably going to be Pierce Brosnan. I have like a, like a little graph that was put together. Yeah. And it says who was and who was definitely not. You know, if anyone listens to this podcast, about two or three episodes ago, everyone was hating on Stranger Things. Um, David Harbour. That's his name. Oh, right? as Cable? As Cable. Because like he's David a little Harvey. tubby. Fuck you. <laughs> so is Chris Pratt. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, just cut out the beer and he'll be all right. Yeah, you know? he'll he- be okay. I think he's he's a great actor and he's good. But then um, it was tweeted out that they're looking for someone who is like real fit to play Cable. Uh, I think he could get fit. I mean, all he has to do is hook up with a trainer for about yeah, everyone six does to nine it. months and... Right in the subplot of going yeah. to London with Ben for yeah. a little bit. You yeah, know? go oh, wait, low carb, and rack, lift some weights, do some CrossFit. You'll be all right. You'll be okay. Yeah. Besides, I hate that. You can't be a normal dude anymore. Yeah, I thought the Vince Vaughn movement was going to save us. I guess I not. Really <laughs> what happened to that? Yeah, the Owen Wilsons and Luke Wilsons of Hollywood. Why can't we have more average ass mediocre? We need like <laughs> male balding, you know? Yeah. We need more of that. Yeah. Not shaven like Jason we Statham. We need more Steven Seagal's and less Jason Statham's. That's what we need. <laughs> like right now, Steven Seagal or the Siege? Yeah, either. Okay. I mean, he might age, but he, he looks, he's still bald and fat in like every movie and he still like ends up 
hook it up with an a like a girl half his age. Yeah, who's from whatever country he's filming in. Yeah. There was one uh I forget what movie it was, but there were like 17 quick cuts, like camera cuts of Steven Seagal climbing up a ladder. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably one of the funniest things I've ever seen. <laughs> they try to make it like this dramatic action scene like and like it's just Steven Seagal climbing a ladder. You just, just find climb, out what movie this is. He climbs ladders in every movie. He's also in movies with lots of um, former hip hop stars. Like was it? He was in a uh, DMX and him did a. Oh, that was the one with the where DMX did the "Ain't No Sunshine" song for the trailer. That, right? What? Oh God! What Ain't was no that? sunshine where I'm going. Huh. Okay, there was half. Well, there was half past dead that he did with um, Ja Rule. Oh yeah, that's where they're in prison. Um, damn it, what was the one with DMX? Because I saw it and I, it looked bad. I don't know what it was. That was that period where like, like movie studios were kind of on this whole thing about. It was that last ditch of like, okay, we gotta get the black folks' money. Like, what do black <laughs> like? It worked for what Chris do, Tucker. Let's get him. What do black people like right now? Rap music and martial arts. <laughs> right now, right yeah. now, because <laughs> that trend was short lived, right? Well, part of it was kind of riding the train of yeah. Rush Hour, yeah, because that was very successful, you know. And like, yeah, early two thousands, black folks, we were all about rap music and uh, and martial arts. I think we still are. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't think that much has changed. That's not but... going to change, <laughs> mostly because. Who doesn't like rap music and kung fu? I mean, since the seventies, it's yeah. yeah, it's like uh, it's like eggs and bacon. You just can't <laughs> you can't get one with the other. Uh, so, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two is coming out. All right, that's mm-hmm. the next big movie that I'm excited for. The thirty first this week, um, or was it next week? Anyways, the end of this month, Ghost in the Shell. So those are the two next things to kind of get excited about, right? But we know more about Ghost in the Shell than we actually know about Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Yes. We don't know who the fuck Stallone is. Yeah. I know. assume that he's like a Richard Ryder Nova Corp plug-in. Yeah, I was kind of hoping that uh, Nathan Fillion would be that kind of role. You know? He could step into that. Uh, Stallone well, the Nova might Corp be. in um, Guardians of the Galaxy, so far we've just seen them as... Like spaceships, mm-hmm. right? Because we saw them in Guardians of the Galaxy 1. Yeah, they're like space cops, but they're not very interesting space cops. Like, they weren't even wearing their helmets or no. anything. He's going to be Judge Dredd all yeah, over. Yeah, I was going to say, he's, he's used to being the character with the iconic helmet, and he just doesn't want to wear it because then people don't know who he is. He's done that before in Judge Dredd, so he's, he's ready. I, I feel like whoever he is, he has to play opposite of Kurt Russell because this is a Tango and Cash reunion. Oh, Tango and Cash situation. More okay. Less, yeah, so... So you think he's like going after Stallone's going after him? No, I think they have to team up. Like so whoever what would be egos equal or, you know, alternate, you know, hmm. somebody on the same level as him. I mean, you're all into the Marvel cosmic book, so I mean who who would be the equivalent of ego? Any of the celestials would be his equal and that's it. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. You can't go much lower down. Ego the Planet is going to be interesting yeah. as a man. Like, what role is he really going to play? Are they going to walk on top of him at some point? There will be a penis joke. So I hope we, as long as we get one of those those eighties high fives between him and Stallone, or like handshakes, like where they do like the arm 
like out like that, like a arm wrestle, uh-huh. and it just zooms in on their biceps while they're doing like the Predator. Yeah, like Predator. As long as Deal we get one of those. Son of a bitch! <laughs> got you pushing pencils. <laughs> You old scoundrel. Oh, wait, that's Star Wars. Sorry. So I was going to say, you know, you, you mentioned Ghost in the Shell. Are, are you going to go to the theater to go see that? You know, I got a kid, so I have to pick and choose. Otherwise, I would go see every bad movie that's coming out. I, I've pretty much decided that most stuff, I'm just going to wait to see it at the $2 theater. Like This seems like a kind of movie to see in the theater, though, because yeah. it might not be worth watching outside of it. And I don't know, man. I don't know. Part of me is wanting to join the protest because have you seen like the Twitter? God, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh man, there's that a hashtag. Been hilarious. They got him. They got him. So, gotcha. so give us the uh, give us the quick and simple on on what's happening there. Explain to us what what the deal is. So the studio, in order to promote the film Ghost in the Shell, they released this like template that would allow people to. Um, Go on to Twitter and post an image and a message that, you know, whatever phrase of their choosing and it would tie in with the image of Scarlett Johansson. I am the major, which, mm-hmm. you know, the character from Ghost and Shell, Major Motoko Kusanagi, she's playing. So it's a meme generator. Yeah. Meme generator. Thank you. Thank you. All that. I don't know my tech talk. So people have been. Going at it because, you know, they didn't cast a Japanese or even any Asian actress to play that character. So, uh, people have been putting things up like, I am a fraud. I am a cheap knockoff of, <laughs> you know, I am a missed opportunity. Just stuff like that. People are protesting. I am a missed opportunity was pretty, that was the best one. Yeah. Um, I, I get it though. Like between that and Iron Fist. Like, well, I would be I would be offended too if there's two so characters. Let's, let's talk a little bit about that because Iron Fist is white though, and yeah. then to also assume that to be good at kung fu you have to be Asian is a little yeah, yeah. A it, it's kind of like the American Whereas, ninja and, and all yeah. that. Yes, know? like people were up in arms about that way back when. So, but to just yeah. just <laughs> just blatantly replace plugging Scarlett Johansson into a movie to be major when you had an opportunity. That's why I said yep. the missed opportunity thing was kind of big. Well, it's the whole thing that in order to justify it, they had to change the whole world around her. That is, no, it's not Japan, or maybe it is Japan, but it's a more uh, multicultural Japan, which you've never like, been to Japan, if that's the case. These I mean, geishas and stuff? Like, where else are you going to see geishas? Spider geishas. Geisha and robot And then also... <laughs> I mean, also, it kind of is the embodiment of I don't see race as a movie because you're removing the backdrop of the story right. that is not American. And you're putting it in a I don't see color, I don't see culture, race type of environment. So that's kind of shitty. But at the same time, it's getting a really good story out there and created. And to do that and to get get people to come watch it, you got to put famous people in those places. Yeah, and I understand. Like when people were incensed about Matt Damon playing in The Great Wall, it's like, well, I don't, I don't look, and I'm not Asian, but I don't look at it as you know. Oh, the this Chinese film needs a white savior to be the hero in this film. It's like I'm sure whoever directed that and produced that film's like, oh shit, we can get Matt Damon. Yeah, he's an international movie star. We want him in our movie. Yeah. 
in like the last samurai with uh Tom Cruise way back. That was probably the same thing. That was like Dances with Wolves with Samurai, basically. Yeah, like I don't you know? know if it would have had the same push if it was just Ken Watanabe and yeah. the rest of those, you know, the all Japanese cast. I mean, it, it would have been truer to the to the story, you know. But also, Tom Cruise, true story, only movie Tom Cruise has not had to wear stilts. <laughs> True story. Oh wow, because he was the same height as everybody yep. else. I never really Man. thought about that. <laughs> yep. That reference. Perfect. <laughs> but you know what? He put a lot of his own dough into that movie. That look, a lot That's of people, a great film. A lot of people hate on that movie. I, like I love it. I it was love it. it was good. Well, I mean, I guess it's the whole thing. Like some movies you do need some kind of surrogate, especially if you are dealing with you know, with a subject matter or a place that the audience might not necessarily be familiar with. Yeah, like like right off that, not to cut you off, but something no. like Avatar. Like if you didn't have <laughs> just some random guy. Yeah. I don't even what is Worthington? Like I, I, he's not even a Australian good actor. or but, New uh, Zealand or like he's just the, the perfect boring guy to put in that situation where he's like, Oh, what is going on? You know? And, and he's just <laughs> like if they if they put you right in that world You'd be like, what? Yeah. There's like these plants that these aliens attach their hair to, and what is what is going on? Like, I still feel the same way with Worthington, Worthington there or not. But <laughs> no, I, I mean, uh, and I hate to be that guy rattling on about that stuff because I, I hear this shit all the time in the comic book store. Just you know, going back to friggin' Michael B. Jordan playing, you know, Johnny Storm. I think it's one of those things where I try to remain neutral about it and not really care and just let the product be what it is. Um, but, you know, I understand why you want to have a movie that's being driven by Scarlett Johansson as the main character, as opposed to, say, Rinko Kikuchi, who is a good actress, but she's not a movie star and she's not a household name. You know, I don't think you can push that in the same way you would with somebody who's already well established. But that kind of goes back to the whole thing of the nature and history of Hollywood, of how minorities and people of color have never been given the opportunity to build up star power and credentials to be a household name. So I don't know if it's better to keep doing things as they've always been done or start taking chances to try and put these people in these actors and actresses who aren't getting these opportunities, putting them in people's faces. So they're like, Hey, that Don Cheadle sci-fi flick. I want to go see that. You know, um, you bring up a good point too. Um, uh, I was watching Conan. He went down to Mexico. Mm-hmm. It was like made in Mexico, kind of like out of solidarity for all this Trump stuff that's going on. Won't get into that. Yeah. But uh, they had the guy from from Rogue One. I can't remember his name, oh, but Diego he's from Luna. Mexico. Yeah, Diego Luna. And I didn't even think about it because, you know, like you said, he's I, a star I, there. He's, he's huge. huge there. I, I try to stay like you sort of on the outside, like just watch the movie, enjoy it. But you know when you when you hear from them mm-hmm. what happens when you know a kid or someone's dad that uh doesn't even like star wars or something it, when you see that and there's someone to look up to in that kind of movie and mm-hmm. that kind of role from your culture uh 
I don't know. That that's pretty big. Well, like it, if you it, had that from Ghost in the Shell too, and you know, kind of inspired another. It, it's Star Wars it's is huge. doing it right. Yeah. No, but but it speaks to the success. Ironically enough, for me to mention this of the Fast and Furious movies is that those movies got a huge international boost around the fourth film when they put uh, Diego Calderon and I forgot the other guy's name, but the, those guys were big reggaeton stars. Like in uh, the Caribbean and South and Central America. So huge that people who normally wouldn't have gone to see Fast and Fierce, like, oh shit, you know, this pop star that I love is in this movie. Now I got to go see it. What point do you decide, do I want to have a huge successful movie? It doesn't really matter if it's a little bit shitty as long as I have these people in it. Right. Or do I want to put all of my time and effort to make sure that I have the right people creating the movie so that it doesn't matter what actors and actresses I have as long as they're good actors right. and actresses. And that's harder, way harder to do. And I think the real question is going to be how Ghost in the Shell performs overall here in the U.S. Yep. as well as internationally and how, you know, the Asian market responds to it. But, um, you know, I was going to say kind of dovetailing into this. I don't know if y'all heard about, uh, who they've casted for Domino, uh, in the, in Deadpool 2, um, actress by the name of Zazie Beats. Um, she, I have, I don't know if either one of y'all have watched Atlanta. Oh, yeah, yeah. She's, uh, she's his girlfriend. Yeah, right? his girlfriend on that show. Yeah, no, that, that rang a bell. Okay. And, and like, you know, I remember reading that earlier this week and just, of course, I got to go to the comments section and hear what the hell people are saying. And I mean, it's a lot of the same stuff with any of this crap where, you know, one side loves it and the other side hates it. And it's just sort of like, I'm personally disappointed just because when I heard that, you know, uh, they had originally considered Lizzie Kaplan and Mary Elizabeth Winstead. I was like, oh, I love Mary Elizabeth Winstead. I would love to have seen her in this, but it's like, okay, well, let's we'll see just, what happens. Yeah. Let's just see what happens. So. As long as it's good, I don't care. Yeah, ultimately. So, we'll so before we kind of wrap it up, I want to play a game that's called... I could do anything better than you. But anyways, the idea is I'm going to give you an a uh, a situation where this person or this comic book character or this movie is better or worse or angrier or uglier than this person, and you give me an answer. You'll get it as we go on okay. here. And you'll also... Uh, catch on to the theme. Actually, I'm just going to tell you. It's uh, Ghost in the Shell and Guardians of the Galaxy themed. Yay! <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. Who would win in a fight? The Major, who's the main character from Ghost in the Shell, or Black Widow, the characters? This is a fist fight, right? This is an action fight. Yep. This no is gear a fight. or anything? Just One-on-one. You know, whatever you would bring, whatever they would bring into a fight is what they have. Okay. Because would Black Widow have a chair? Is she, <laughs> is she like tied to the chair in this? Nope. Okay. I'd like to say the major because she has a she has a cybernetic body, so I feel like any punch she lands is going to be far more impactful than anything the Black Widow could do to her. Yeah, I mean Black Widow's smart, but just a human. I mean, yeah. a crazy. Um, Russian trained human. Yeah, from what I hear, she has a lot of red in her ledger. So yeah, she might have some stuff up her sleeve with robots. You know, you don't you Perhaps. don't know what they did with uh, Winter Soldier's arm. Maybe she had some kind of experience with that kind of technology. Sure, she I could still take it out. Think, true. Still think it's got to be the major though. Yeah, I'd have to go with the major overall. But uh, I mean, the major ripped 
the lid off of a, a robotic tank with her bare hands. Mm-hmm. I don't think Black Widow could do that. No, I agree. I'm going. I'm going with the major. What about the battle in Kosovo? You don't remember that? <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Better Ghost, Obi Wan Kenobi, or Casper the Friendly Ghost? Got to be Obi Wan. The Death Star is gone because of him. Casper, what did he do? Just walk around this the mansion better, for a little bit. This is better Ghost. Like better at being a ghost. What is the? Okay, now. I kind of vaguely remember the Casper the Friendly Ghost uh, comics, but I, what I really remember is the movie. And if I'm Ugh. not mistaken, at the end of the movie, bad. doesn't he become human? Or is that for like one night only? I think it's one night only. So he could dance with Christina Ricci. He loses his virginity to <laughs> Christina Ricci and then becomes a ghost again. And then ghosts. <laughs> uh, yeah. It'd all be downhill anyway. I'd say Casper. I and, think... Be- because, and I think you're about to go here with it, Obi-Wan Kenobi's a, not really a ghost. He's, he's a, a blue glowy. Ghost. Well, he's a ghost, but the thing is, Casper can kind of make himself somewhat corporal, and he can touch things and move objects. Yeah, move stuff around, I yeah. don't get the impression that but Obi-Wan as a ghost can do that. They o- could just Obi-Wan float around talk, and be though. disappointed. <laughs> yeah, just give me yeah. advice. Hold on, wait. I think, just like the, the core of this question, better ghost, to me... I think you're right. He could scare people better. He could go through walls. Mm-hmm. Obi Wan probably can't go through a wall. Like he could, he could kind of appear and reappear or whatever, and, and tell Luke what to do or mm-hmm. other force sensitive people. But as far as being a ghost, his utilities are pretty limited. Yep. I don't think he has a lot up his sleeve. He's friendly, but he's still more of a ghost than Obi Wan Kenobi. Yeah. More useful shells. <laughs> the three shells from Demolition Man. Or mermaid shells. <laughs> More useful. Mermaid shells, three shells from Demolition Man. I'm, I'm going to say this as a, a feeling I've always had. Wiping your butt is the grossest, most time-consuming process on the face of this earth. And still to this day, the best we can do is toilet paper. You know, short of having a bidet. Or just wet wipes. But that's or, or expensive. Wi- yeah. That's expensive. And it's not good for the environment. Yeah, you can't flush, flush them. Those down. Yeah. Um, so I don't feel like the three shells is an improvement upon that process because the three shells <laughs> assumes that like poop comes in one form only. Yep. In one shape. So when you're only eating Taco Bell, it's gonna only be one shape <laughs> or one form, though. Honestly, <laughs> and that's all they have. <laughs> I'm sorry, I forgot. In the future of demolition, man, all food is Taco Bell. All food is Taco Bell. We won the fast food war. Well, is it is it pre pink slime or, or post? Like when that scandal came out, you think? It, no, it wasn't pink slime. That's McDonald's. No, was that uh, Taco Bell scandal was horse meat. Oh, yeah. and then also their meat not being not being actual chicken, right? Like it said, in, like no, that was um, real chicken. That Subway. I thought this was all Taco Bell. No, <laughs> I just assumed all bad. Meat. Everything bad <laughs> yeah. is Taco Bell. No, no, no Taco Bell <laughs> scandal was that the, what they c- proclaimed was steak was actually came from hor- from horses. Oh. That was Man. that was their big scandal. All right. So, are we going with mermaid shells then? Well, honestly, I I think, I mean, mermaid shells actually cover 
But I mean, I feel, useful, like, but I feel like mermaids are fairly. It depends on the mermaid. I, I think mean, they would know. they would do better without the shells. Yeah. If you know anything about like Greek mythology, a mermaid without the shells is basically just a siren. So, uh, what's your name from from under the sea, whatever it is? Ariel. Ariel. Yeah, Ariel could just sit up on a rock. You know, be a siren for a couple hours. The ship would come crash. You know, she could use whatever lifeboat, get back to shore, mm-hmm. meet some gypsy or something that trans- transforms into a human again. I-, I think without the shell, she'd be better off. I don't know. Yeah. I, I think like- both shells are pretty useless. Yeah. How come we've talked about mermaids and shells and not mentioned that Superman dated a mermaid in college in the Silver Age? What was her name? Lori Lamaris. Superman had a thing for for women with two L, like double L initials. Yep. There's Lori Lamars. There was uh, Lana Lang, mm-hmm. and there was Lois Lane. Those are his LL. Yep. Um, but Lex Luthor. True. Whoa. <laughs> Lucky lady. Yeah. True. True story though. In the comics, you think that Superman's actually dating a woman in a wheelchair, but then at the end of the comic, she removes the blanket that's over her legs, and it turns out to be a mermaid. A mermaid. So, like, hey, you know what the big twist is here? Superman's not dating a handicapped person. He's dating a mermaid. God, that's so shitty. Yeah, that's so- shitty because like it's saying, like, oh, good, she's not disabled. But then it's like also shitty because it's... It's like, it's just so shitty. <laughs> but wait, that brings up another question. Because uh, Superman is Superman, obviously. Do you think he could swim faster than a mermaid? Oh, yeah. Yes. I think he probably could. I'd uh, put my money with on with the cake dragging. Yeah, yeah. 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 He doesn't Easily. care. Yeah. I'm not even convinced a mermaid could swim faster than a dolphin. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah, I mean, there, there's a lot how- more uh, water resistance, you know? Like I think, I think Flipper would definitely win that. Maybe that's why those shells are useful. Ah, they, true. They they tuck in the breast so they can swim faster. Yep. So more useful shells. It's like a foil mermaid shells. Mermaid shells. It's, it's, it's a foil yeah. on a Subaru WRX. Exactly. You know, it's purely for speed. All right, moving on to Guardians of the Galaxy. Who would look weirder, not green, Drax or Gamora? Definitely Drax. Yeah, he has all his weird because, skin. Yeah, he has yeah. eczema or something. You yeah, know, tattoos or the bumps. Whatever. I don't know. I think he's he joined a fraternity up. and they like practice scarification or something like so that. So he could be any color or he has to be green. I think if he was flesh toned, he would look horrible. Right? Yeah. He would look so creepy. Yeah. Yeah. G- Gamora, I mean, she would look like a normal chick. She could be any color. She yeah. could be red. Orange, yellow. Yeah, she just looked like Mantis or something, you know, if she's yeah. pinkish. Anyways, so got the answer to that. Worse house guest, Groot or Rocket? Which would be shittier to have spend the night at your house? Uh, Groot in what form? You get whatever like form Like full-size Groot or like baby Groot or... I'm thinking it's got to be full-size Groot. I guess baby Groot, either one. Yeah, any other than full size, I would be okay with. But full size Groot would that would be tough. See, yeah, he wouldn't fit in my house. He'd be have hanging out in my backyard. Yeah. But full size Groot would be respectful. Baby Groot would just run amok in your household. True, but I feel like Rocket. I feel like when Rocket's not in the middle of combat, he can be a pretty chill dude. He seems like he could just hang out, drink beers, and like talk shit about TV shows. Yeah, like he'd yeah. be an amusing guy to have around. So I'd rather have, I'd rather hang out with Rocket than. I think Groot probably definitely smells worse. 
Like, he probably smells like a wild animal, so that would kind of suck. You'd probably have to get your couch cleaned. No, oh, Groot? Groot's a tree. I no, think he would smell wonderful. Groot, I mean, Rocket. Okay. No, I think um, Rocket bathes. He has to. He has a lot of self-respect, you know? I, yeah. I think he got really sensitive after that, uh, whatever alien race betting game thing in the movie. After that, he got kind of sensitive, yeah. you know? I think yeah. about his appearance and how it comes across. I think he started to bathe at least after that. Yeah. You think he he's well manicured? Oh, sure. He cuts so. his nails at least once every two weeks, I would say. Okay. All right, here's my last question, guys. Obviously, neither of us have seen the new Guardians of the Galaxy movie, nor have we seen Ghost in the Shell. Which movie do you think will have better fight scenes? Ghost in the Shell. I got to go Guardians. I, I Just in any area, I don't have any really high hopes for Ghost in the Shell, honestly. Well, see, I differentiate between fight scenes and action scenes. Agreed. And a fight scene... I mean, like, hand-to-hand. It's hand-to-hand. Okay. So I, I feel like Ghost in the Shell is going to have that beat. Um, but yeah, my the, thing it, is with the Marvel movies, especially the Guardians flicks, is if it's not action-packed, please at least be funny. Yeah, like the... the I think I just had flashbacks to when Drax was, was fighting Ronan. Mm. And that was just painful. Like, that was... I love that movie, but that fight scene was just... It hurt to watch, knowing who uh, Drax becomes in the comics and all that. Yeah. So I I think you're right. I think Ghost in the Shell, if we're talking hand-to-hand, they'll probably take it. Yeah, Yeah. I agree. We all know that Guardians of the Galaxy 2 is going to be a better movie than Ghost in the Shell. I think so. It is. It is going to. But the one thing that I hope that Ghost in the Shell has, and I have a pretty low bar for this movie, is... Fucking ridiculous fight scenes. Like, do you remember the? Do you remember in the anime when they're fighting in the rain and in, in, in the invisible suit? Mm-hmm. I really hope that that scene is fucking amazing in this movie because that was such a great scene. Isn't it weird to think how old Ghost in the Shell the anime is? I remember buying it like when I was in high school. That's just nuts because it holds up. It is go watch that instead of going to see the movie. Is what I if you have not seen Ghost in the Shell, don't bother seeing the the Hollywood version. Like go watch the anime because it holds up still to this day. Or go, you know, try to find the graphic novel. I think they recently re released that. Um that's a good read. Love some Masamuni Shira art. Yeah. Thank you, Tom with an H and Sequoia Encyclopedia Black for joining me, Blake, in another episode of The Comic Show. Number 39. Getting up there. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So, if you guys want to get a hold of us, you can find me at Canadian Blaken, and you can hashtag The Comic Trope, and we will find you where you're at. You can find Sequoia and Tom somewhere on the internet, but they'll probably find you first. And until next time, read a fucking comic. Next week, we're going to be talking about The Vision by Tom King. And uh, that's a good comic. We'll be talking about it. All right. Until next time. Oh.